0: George Rodriguez.
1: Howdy, howdy, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio on this beautiful Saturday. Welcome to the show, folks. We got uh, jam-packed as usual. Lots of uh, things going on, <clears throat> lots of news items going on uh, this past week, uh, particularly as they pertain to uh, to uh, the COVID pandemic and its impact on this, on civil rights, the economy. Uh, immigration, my gosh, on everything, on all of our lives. Um, real quick, our guests today are going to be uh, former mayor Bob Sarter is going to be chatting with us again. He chatted with us last week, but he's going to be chatting with us again today about, um, you know, how uh, the, uh, the the businesses can open up, how the, how they would be, you know, what would be the best way for them to start opening up because we are all, opening up our, uh, you know, we're all waiting for the economy to open up again, my friends. Um, We've also got a special uh, uh, visit from uh, uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb, good friend of mine from Pinal County, Arizona. Uh, Sheriff Lamb uh, is one of the many sheriffs across the country who has kind of drawn a line in the sand and said that while the uh, politicians are busy trying to limit our freedoms and tell us exactly what we can do, how we can breathe, what we can say, et cetera, et cetera. uh, Mark Lamb, (coughs) Sheriff Lamb, and a few other sheriffs have said, uh, okay, what we will do is educate people. We're not going to arrest them. And uh, he's going to be chatting with us. I mean, uh, this guy is really, really knowledgeable. I have a lot of respect for him. We also have, um, An attorney, Larry Joseph, out of uh, D.C., uh, who has filed a brief regarding this whole issue of the release of uh, illegal aliens. And um, uh, again, you know, we've got a problem, my friends, and I'm going to chat with you in a few moments about how we've got this problem where the leftist groups are demanding. The release of these people uh of of these illegal aliens that are that are in confinement they're demanding the the release of those folks while at the same time we are being kept quarantined we are being kept shut down in fact we've got that 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 example of that woman uh of, of the of the hairdresser in uh the salon owner rather in uh Dallas that was arrested. Because she wanted to work, because she wanted to give employment to her, to uh, the people that worked for her, she was arrested. She was put in jail. The uh, overreaction by the uh, by the political judge was uh, amazing. I mean, it was oh, it was astounding. It was ridiculous, is what it was. So what um, uh, we can say, we can do is. Uh, make sure, my friends that there's some common sense being brought into this whole issue, uh, but uh, unfortunately the left uh, the Democrats and the left seem to be bent on the idea of trying to uh, 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 further their agenda during this uh, this pandemic during this this health crisis that 's what 's more important to them in the meantime. Let me give you some quick updates of uh, news that happened this past week uh, first of all. Um, while we're all t- being told to stay home, I mean the uh, the uh, illegal immigration continues, my friends. In Laredo, thirty six thirty six illegal aliens were b- uh, caught being smuggled in a uh, in a in a truck. Uh, they were stopped at the Laredo border uh, and, uh, and and arrested. Uh, whether or not they're going to be immediately removed and deported, I sure hope so. In Arizona, uh, fourteen of them were uh, caught. They were being smuggled again in a truck, and the man was arrested and. And, uh, and 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 um, uh, hopefully they'll be removed real quick. Also, and this is going to be a major story, my friends. Uh, there was a uh, the first, according to the to the news uh, media, the first illegal alien has died of covid while in ice custody. This happened. Uh, this this happened in a uh, in, in a uh, detention center in California. And as you know, we've been uh, we've been hearing the clamoring for days, for days, for weeks now about how uh, they want to uh, the uh, doggone uh, leftist groups want all of these illegal aliens that are in detention centers. They want them released. Well, here's another excuse for them to scream and yell. They've got this uh, situation where this man has died and the groups are just going to, you know, they are going to have an absolute meltdown. What's very fascinating, and we pointed out, several of our guests have pointed it out, is that it's very interesting how these folks demand the release of folks into the United States. They never demand that they be released back into their home countries uh, where they can be free, where they can sequester themselves, where they can uh, do what they want. But no, they want to be released into the United States. It shows the complete disingenuous uh, disingenuousness of this whole of of their argument. I mean, their argument is nothing more than to catch and release. That's what it is. The uh, and, you know, and this was very, very George W. Bush, the former president. He had a press conference and he spoke about how uh, the uh, how immigration and he did not. Uh, differentiate between legal and illegal immigration, but he talked about how good l- immigration was for the United States. That was number one. That was the number one thing that uh, that uh, annoyed me. The number two thing that annoyed me was that he was he was advocating for uh, foreign workers. Now, my friends, as of uh, as of Friday, uh, the unemployment rate in in the United States is 14.7 percent, or 20 million. 20 million people are out of work. Why are we advocating for importing more uh, workers uh, from around the world when we've got unemployed people in the United States, my friends, particularly people who are in the lower skilled uh, jobs? I mean, who do you think uh, should uh, should take preference in the economy, Americans or or people from from uh, outside the United States? That is really, really annoying. But again, uh poor President Bush is showing that he is he is nothing more than a pawn of the doggone uh, uh folks who are uh, uh who who are the big employers who are the big donors uh you know this is uh this is really the cheap labor people this is really really annoying uh then on top of that on uh, a couple of days later uh his uh, uh the uh, woman that runs Laura Collins who runs the uh, SMU uh, the SMU Bush Library uh, reach Search Center also they call it. Uh, she also came out and uh, full swinging uh, about the need for for uh, foreign workers. Again my friends, same arguments we need farm workers uh, we need to uh, keep the economy going they are uh, immigration is good for the United States, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Same arguments lady. Miss Collins, what don't you understand about the word illegal, okay? Why don't you differentiate between legal and, and, and illegal immigration? That's number one. Number two, how can you justify, how can you justify the need for foreign workers when we've got so many Americans unemployed at this point? I mean, this is insanity. The other thing, of course, my friends, is the whole health and safety aspects of it okay never mind the health and safety aspects of it okay we are trying to conduct to to uh uh we're trying to keep ourselves uh clean healthy uh in our homes and here we're bringing people from outside the 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 country into the united states my friends how do you think covid came in in the first place how the heck do you think it came in, in the first place the second thing is how much vetting is there? Are these people going to take, or are going to get rather, uh, as they cross into the United States? How much vetting? I mean, do we know who they really are? We talked about last week about how terrorists are coming into the country, and uh, nobody is is addressing that part. I mean, people uh, in in Germany, uh, there was a, a situation where uh, some terrorists under the sky, the disguise of being refugees. Uh, were arrested this past week, and they were planning an attack on the American uh, on, the, on the American base, uh, Air Force Base in uh, in Germany. I, and again, my friends, we don't know who these people are. We don't know what health condition they're in. Let's stop all immigration for right now. Why don't we do that? And then we can, uh, a- a- after we've got things under control, after we've got the economy going back and back again. Why don't we then? Uh, go back and we say, "Okay, who can we afford? Who needs to come into the United States and who doesn 't but it 's very annoying it 's very, very annoying that president that former President Bush would be advocating in this manner. I mean it really really is my friends uh, it, 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 we need my friends we need an america first policy finally let me let me go off on this issue because this is a very important one. Let me go off on this one. The situation in San Antonio is one that's very, very similar to uh, other uh, communities uh, around the nation where the leftists are taking advantage of the situation. This past week, this past week, the mayor uh, of San Antonio and the city council passed a resolution condemning hate crimes, discrimination and aggression against Asians and Jews. And I think they threw in the Jews just for good measure. Uh, But uh, they threw the the, the, again, they want to end discrimination. Now, how did they want to do this? They passed uh, and this this resolution that says that we cannot call the covid-19 epidemic. We can't call it the Chinese virus that is considered hate speech. And that is uh, uh, frowned upon. That is illegal in the in, in the city of San Antonio. Free speech, my friends. First of all, let me be honest with you. Where did the virus come from? It came from China. Why can't we call it the China the Chinese flu, the Chinese virus? We call it the Spanish flu. Remember that? We still call it the Spanish flu. Are we going to call it now the Hispanic flu? I mean, really, or the Hispanics flu because we can't, you know, we must, must differentiate. We cannot differentiate by genders. This is incredible. This is crazy. The thing that I find very ironic is that the, the we already have in San Antonio, we already have a non-discrimination ordinance that was passed in 2013. We also had a situation not too long ago, about six years ago, we had a situation where former city councilwoman Elisa Chan, yes, an Asian, Elisa Chan was taped secretly expressing her personal religious views and opinions in opposition to a... LBGT ordinance that was being pressed and there was a complete meltdown by community leaders by the local press etc etc how about where was was the sensitivity towards that Asian where was that again this is hypocrisy this is disingenuousness this is absolute an absolute attack on free speech where you know I'm sorry we've already got the situation in, in New York City where they passed a law and that was a law that said that the phrase illegal uh, alien is not uh, you, you can't use that phrase because you can be, you can be fined uh, for it. You know, the liberal press, my friends loves to go along with this, with this stuff. They don't address it. They don't uh, say, well, what about this situation or that situation? I'm telling you, my friends, it is dangerous when politicians, especially liberal leftist ones, when they begin to define crimes for special, singled-out groups. It's dangerous. I'm telling you, it's very, very dangerous when they when they do that. The government, whether national, state, or local, my friends, should address issues of common concern to everyone instead of seeking to protect and single out special groups and interests. All violence, all violence and crime against anyone in... Uh, by everyone should be punished rather than define it by one group or another group. I'm telling you, my friends. So, let's go to our, uh, we're going to take a break and then we'll be right back with our first guest, my friends. Thank you very much. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio. The answer. <music>
0: You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, Please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning.
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, a new guest, Mr. Larry Joseph, who is a private attorney. Uh, in D.C. Uh, and he, uh, is, uh, he has filed a uh, brief uh, in support of the uh, Immigration Reform Law Institute's uh, position regarding the release, uh, the demands, as we've been talking on, on our show, the uh, lawsuits that are being mounted uh, to release uh, the detainees, the alien detainees, whether they are folks that are caught at the border, whether folks that... Uh, are waiting um, asylum hearings whether they are folks who uh, have committed a crime and uh, so uh, there are folks uh, these uh, there are some judges there have been two court decisions uh recently in district courts that have uh, sided with the uh, with the aliens and and uh, are are demanding and uh, that uh, they be released so i wanted to reach out to um, to uh, Larry and, and ask him if he can uh, guide us through these uh, through these uh, uh, lawsuits and uh, what they mean or is this going to be setting a precedent or wh- what's going on here? Larry, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, I hope you're staying safe. Uh, tell us uh, what uh, what is going on with these uh, with these lawsuits and the demands to release uh, these aliens? have three tiers of courts. There's the district courts,
2: trial level, and there's the intermediate appellate courts, the courts of appeal, and then the Supreme Court. And right now there are a few cases that have made it up to the courts of appeals, and and there's a, several district court judges, trial judges, that are doing exactly what you said. Some of them are denying the, the release uh, requests, but some of them are granting them. And what happens, I guess, to the uh, detainees is they get, I think typically they get an ankle bracelet so they're not just, you know, thrown back out onto the streets. There's some effort to keep them uh, in the system that, so they don't get, just disappear. But but even that is uh, a violation of, of uh, statutes that Congress has passed requiring detention. So the government appeals, and uh, there are a few cases in the courts of appeals now where early uh, the Immigration Reform Law Institute is uh, fi- you know, filing briefs in support of the government. Uh, and so the precedents uh the district courts are operating. This is a new, a new, a new thing—the the, COVID nineteen pandemic. So they're using that as their basis for making up law. Uh, the courts of appeals hopefully will reen them, reel them in, and then the, the Supreme Court maybe will step in at the at, you know if if the courts of appeals uh, don't. So I, there will ultimately be precedent uh, that, that supports uh, uh, early's position, your position. But uh, right now, these district judges feel they have a, a sort of an opening and. It's, it's a little dishonest, in my opinion, because there are uh, – well, while COVID-19 is new, um, there are – there's a long history of, of groups like the ACLU suing over the, the, the terms of confinement that could – be, uh, you know, having pork if if the detainees are Muslims, it could be, you know, uh, sanitary, I mean, all sorts of forcing people to shave, whatever. There's a, the terms of confinement litigation has been going on for decades. Uh, and the, the remedy for if the terms of confinement are somehow unconstitutional is to change the terms of confinement. You don't say, oh, you don't like pork, you get to go free. I mean, that's not how it works. So there is already precedent, but the district Judges that want to, for whatever reason, uh, uh, evade that precedent, which is change the terms of confinement, they're they're saying, "Oh, you have to be released because of some you know new reason." Um, yeah, you're you're right that there are different types of detainees. There's illegal aliens, say, that just came across the border, and the Supreme Court has said uh, that they don't have any constitutional rights. They just have the rights that Congress gave them, Congress, not not a judge. Whereas an illegal alien that's been here for a long time, according to the Supreme Court, they do have uh, some constitutional rights, not, not as much perhaps as a citizen, but they, they do have some. And so there the terms of confinement case might be stronger, say, than for, for someone who just came across the border. But there's also people who are – are or were legal permanent residents, the green card holders that that they committed a crime, and now they're being deported. So they're, they're they're not an illegal alien per se; they're just a an alien who is being deported, and they're required to be detained by acts of Congress. So there's you know there's different groups um, in these detention uh, situations, and they have different rights. But the but the remedy if you're being uh, illegally or unconstitutionally detained. If the terms of your detention are unconstitutional, I should say, then the remedy is we'll fix that. You know, if it's one person per cell, then you know you have to move some people. That, that doesn't mean you let them go. And the other thing, I guess, the, the last thing, perhaps, that I'd have to say in general is, any of these alien detainees, um, they're not like a regular person serving. Uh, time in a, in a prison, they can leave whenever they want, as long as where they go is home. So if you're uh, in a – I mean, they're trying to stay here. That's what they're trying to do, but that's why they're in detention. If they if they would just go, we would deport them. Um, but they're fighting that, and that's why they're in detention. So they have, in a sense, the, the key to their own jail cell in their pocket, as long as where they that door opens for them is –
1: yeah. Now, uh, Larry, you wrote uh, a, an an article or a uh, position uh, paper, I guess, or or, or a brief. Um, tell us about that. What what uh, what uh, what did you write about it? What, what was your what was your uh, law your uh, legal thinking on it?
2: We were going to file it on Thursday, and that is—it's uh, essentially the, the points that that I've made here. Um, that The terms of confinement. The remedy is uh, change the terms of confinement, not release. Uh, that you know, essentially, this is the this is their own, the, the alien's own fault uh, because if they want to leave, all they have to do because you, you just—if you leave the United States while you're being deported, you can still fight the dep- deportation from wherever it is you're from. Correct. I mean, it's a it's a legal proceeding, and and you don't need. Be in a court to file briefs. Um, I, I do that all the time, especially now. Um, anyway, uh, and I think to some extent, I think this is opportunistic on the parts of the, the interest groups that, that favor these oh, uh, populations. They're, they're just using this as the latest excuse. So yeah. I think, in fairness to the, to the hardworking people that are running these detention facilities, that, uh, that you know, I think it's worth saying that they're doing the best they can, and you know, they might even have it
1: better than some people in the, in the, you know, in, in uh, now what, what, what's very surprising is your comment a, f- a few moments ago about how some, uh, of these aliens, even though they're not citizens, uh, do have, uh, that the Supreme court has, has deemed that they do have some, uh, protection, some constitutional protections. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. And, uh, of course, a lot of people, uh, would be upset about that, uh, about that but uh, that uh, seems to be a ruling that uh, has been out there for a while hasn't it yeah i think
2: it's the mid-70s so it's that liberal court that um that, uh, did a lot of uh, liberal things back in the 60s and 70s <laughs> but I, I don't know if there's any appetite um, in, on the current court to reverse that certainly i, I mean it's um I'm sure it would be Early's position that that's wrong. And I, I think it's my personal position. I, I, I actually don't know Early's position on that. It's a longstanding meaning 1975.
1: I think um, it would seem, it would seem to me like a lot of uh, a lot of our problems would be uh, the remedy is to, to change that, uh, that uh, opinion. And, you know, that way uh, deportation and removal can be, can be done a lot faster and a lot easier. But uh, you know, I'm a, hard-hearted, uh, conservatives. <laughs> okay. You know. uh, no,
0: no, no, no debate
1: here. <laughs> uh, so, uh, then, um, we, you know, you don't think that, uh, you know, um, you think that these district courts, these lower district courts are acting, uh, but you don't think that this is going to be a trend that will, you know, mushroom and, and, and snowball, uh, into mass, uh, releases.
2: Well, I I mean, I don't know how long this is going to last, uh this COVID-19 thing. Um but th- that is the new sort of uh, ripple in this uh long-long tradition of uh, de- uh detention uh litigation or uh terms of confinement litigation. And I think it will ultimately Um, particularly if it it lasts a long time or if we get another wave next year. I mean, eventually the Supreme Court will rule on it, and I think the courts of appeals will rein it in. In fact, a a court in California um, uh, with two two Democrat appointees and and a a Republican appointee, uh, they just today, maybe about uh, an hour ago, um, uh, reversed most of uh, a district judge's um, decision on this uh, front. So I think— again, j- appellate judges are sort of more, uh, even, um, well, they're more likely to, uh, to follow uh, precedent, I think, than some district judges.
1: Wow. Larry, thank you very, very much for, uh, being on our show with us today. We've been talking with Mr. Larry Joseph, a private attorney who's, uh, helping, uh, the, uh, immigration reform law institute, uh, in this, uh, fight for, uh, the uh, for immigration sanity, immigration legal sanity. Uh, thank you very much for being with us, Larry. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Thanks for your work.
1: Take care. You too. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer. And we've got uh, a gentleman that uh, I met uh, last year in Washington, uh, very good uh, friend he's become, uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb from Pinal County, Arizona. And I wanted to get him on because uh, he recently, uh, this past weekend, made some news because uh, he is taking a... Um, uh, a constitutional position, I will call it, regarding enforcing uh, some stringent laws or rules that uh, the governor of Arizona has put. I and he is one of of several um, sheriffs that are, that is doing that. Uh, the sheriff Adam uh, Shepherd from Gila County in Arizona, as well as uh, a sheriff out in in uh, the state of Washington in Snohomish Sonoma, Sonoma County, uh, Washington, has also taken a a strong position. Uh, So I wanted uh, Sheriff Lamb to come on and talk to us and tell us, uh, Sheriff, what is your position? What is your constitutional position regarding some of these very stringent rules that uh, the uh, governors are uh, demanding or requesting or whichever way you want to put it uh, regarding people uh, during this pandemic uh, period?
3: You know, we've we've been watching this for a while. Uh, Around Easter weekend, we also had, A church that wanted to hold a service and they were trying to say that they couldn't i said no they can't in my county and i said they uh they have the constitutional right the first amendment to peaceably assemble their freedom of religion and we can't restrict that Uh, unfortunately the church caught so much flack that they ended up not having the service but that was one of the constitutional challenges and you know right now when you're, you're keeping these businesses from being able to go back to work and keeping people from going back to work um, you're talking about a the right to peaceably assemble but you know you could argue and say well the, you know the right to have a business is, is given by the state and and but I would argue that the Constitution says that you have the ability to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I could articulate and argue all day long that having a job is part of life, part of that pursuit of happiness And uh, I think that, These governors continue to push these orders and and picking and choosing which businesses are essential and which ones are not. I think those are constitutional violations. And so the governor uh, has put us in a trick bag here in law enforcement saying, hey, enforce this if they do this. Um, And, you know, to me, that order is only a few days old or a month old as opposed to the Constitution, which is 200 years old. And I didn't swear an oath to any uh, to any orders. I swore an oath to the Constitution, so that's what I'm going to uphold, and uh, we're actually looking at our uh, legal recourse to be able to challenge uh, the constitutionality of these decisions and also the constitutionality of legislation here in Arizona, which gives the governor the authority to uh, declare these orders. We think it's too broad and unconstitutional.
1: You know, we've seen uh, situations like, uh, well, Tom Brady, for example, uh, being told to leave a park. Uh, in Florida, where he was working out all by himself, he was told to leave, uh, I myself uh, went to lunch on Friday when they opened up uh, Texas a little bit, and uh, I posted my picture of me eating at the restaurant, and I got some nasty, nasty uh, mail uh, over that. Uh, do you, I mean, it, it. in some cases, people are overreacting, obviously, but uh, do you think that Uh, That there are some politicians that are trying to make power grabs during this period?
3: Well, George, you have to look at this and you have to say any person, rational person, common sense person has to look at this and say, there's some politics afoot here. And the numbers don't add up. And on one of the calls we had with the governor's office, he wasn't on the call a few weeks ago, I said, unless you have numbers that we don't know about, the numbers don't justify the means now there are people that are afraid and they're buying into the media and they're buying into what the politicians are saying and they are scared and they're being very ugly and hateful towards i mean obviously i got those same messages too <laughs> uh, from people that are angry saying i'm killing everybody by wanting this i'm just questioning i'm just saying this is unconstitutional and that we need to get people back to work now i'm all for uh, continuing to educate people to follow whatever guidelines we think we need to do, and I'm—if you are afraid and you don't feel comfortable, then by all means, I support your freedom to stay in your home and continue quarantining. But the numbers we have right now do not dictate this response. Ninety-nine point nine nine percent of Arizonans are not do not have COVID, and if you look at the numbers, they're predominantly elderly and people with underlying health issues. And even then, I still think we have to question, um, we don't know really whether they died of, um, and, and, and let me preface this by saying every death is tragic, and I feel for those families. But we have to question as to whether or not those deaths are attributed to truly attributed to COVID or not. I think there's enough information out there to show doubt.
1: Well, you know, also the issue of Pinnell County and its, radically different from New York City, not only uh, demographically, but geographically, for crying out loud. Uh, You know, you don't have uh, crowded uh, subways in in Pinal County that I know of, right?
3: (laughs) We don't. It's very open air here. You know, it's it's hot right now. Um, And frankly, it hasn't changed a lot. You know, Walmart has been busy every day. Most people are not wearing masks. um, And we just haven't seen a lot of you know, we have had some deaths here in Pinal County. We have had some cases here in Pinal County, but we have the cases of the flu every year too. And, and I don't, I'm not discounting what the coronavirus is, but I'm saying that the numbers do not justify this reaction any longer. And we can't keep, if we keep staying at home, we're going to have nothing to come back to. There's already so many businesses that won't reopen their doors. These people have lost their life savings, everything that they put into their businesses, um, and I love how the people that are making these decisions are collecting a paycheck every two weeks.
1: Yeah, that's right.
3: Regular people that are out there who have been affected by it—not affected health-wise, but affected um, life-wise by losing their jobs, by by uh, being displaced. People are going to lose their homes. I mean, this is this is very tragic. And the longer we put this out, the more tragic tragic it will become.
1: Well, so, so the bottom line, what do you tell your, how do you tell your, uh, your deputies, what are you telling your deputies to, uh, to do uh, in, in, in light of the uh, governor's uh, directive?
3: So if we get a call out to a place that, you know, because really what's happening is you have people that are angry, the same people that fire off hateful messages at me are going around and calling um, on people, saying, hey, they're violating the governor's orders or they're, they're, they sh- there's too many people here at this park or whatever it be. You know, we're going to do the same thing we've been doing for the last month and a half. We're going to go out. We're going to educate people about what the CDC guidelines are. Uh, but we're not forcing people into their homes. We're not citing people. We're not doing those things. It's unconstitutional. And I've had people say, well, Sheriff, you, you know, shame on you. You should resign. You, you just you're not enforcing the law. Yes, I am. I'm enforcing the supreme law of the land, which is the Constitution. And uh, that's what would, I'm going to side with. When history looks back on this time and sees it for what it is, because, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, I want to be on the right side. And I'm a, I'm a lover of freedom and the Constitution. And, you know, there's a lot of responsibility personal responsibility that comes with being an American and having freedom. And I would just ask any of the viewers out there and anybody, yes, let's get back to normal, but let's also make sure that we're being personally responsible and and mindful of others. And, uh, and if you are afraid, you know, please, by all means, stay in your home, stay quarantined until you feel comfortable to come back out.
1: You got it, buddy. That is, that is very common sense. Let me ask you real quick. We've only got a minute here. Let me ask you real quick. How is the uh, illegal immigration stuff going on in your, in your county right now?
3: Believe it or not, we've had a downturn in our, our county. So we're, we're about 60 miles off the border, so they have to come backpacking through. Um, and we have definitely seen a reduction in the amount of people uh, coming across right now. But uh, the intel we have in the, is that that's not going to last for long. So it's going to come back up. Cartels business. They're going to keep pushing their product. They've just had a lull like everybody else. But they're, they'll be back to work pushing illegal uh, drugs, human trafficking, and drug trafficking in our country. So
1: You got it. Sheriff, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule. We've been talking with uh, Sheriff uh, Mark Lamb from Pinal County, Arizona. Sheriff, uh, tell the folks about your website, where they can follow you.
3: Uh, you can check me out at sherifflam.com on uh, Instagram. It's American Sheriff. And on Facebook, it's Sheriff Land. Uh Check me out, and uh, I'm in a campaign here, so feel free to make any contributions.
1: Excellent, excellent. We support you 100%. You take care, Sheriff. Thank you very much. Thank you. appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, and George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer.
0: Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom Freedom burning.
1: Howdy, my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And uh, we're here with Mr. Bob Sarter, a good friend of mine. He's a former mayor of a Texas town and a retired uh, Marine lieutenant colonel. And uh, Bob, uh, to me, is a wealth of knowledge, uh, particularly from the uh, state and local Uh, perspective of politics, I wanted to reach out to him because uh, we're watching the um, reopening as we are watching the reopening of the economy across the country. We're still seeing some uh, states that are being very hesitant and uh, and cities that are being very hesitant, as well as um, some that are, uh, you know, going ahead and taking the big leap. I wanted to ask uh, Bob for his thoughts on how uh, the businesses were closed in the first place, how, why. And uh, some suggestions, what his thoughts are, of how uh, the economy could, uh, the businesses, particularly the individual businesses, could uh, open and uh, begin uh, operation again. What uh, what are his thoughts on it? So welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you for being with us.
4: So, yeah, on the closings, it's funny. I mean, granted, we're, it's already water under the bridge, but I kick myself sometimes. I, I, I had these thoughts months ago when they first started talking about okay we're going to close things and i was going like okay but just a second now you're going to close all the businesses with a with a with the with a wave of your wand and what i wanted to talk about is is the inconsistencies the intellectual inconsistencies meaning if i'm telling the public to do one thing in businesses yet i'm having a press conference and this was national federal this was state uh, como and his I, you know i like the information but i'm going wait a minute your journalists are like six feet apart. I got it. I can be six feet away from uh, my uh, partner or my, you know, my partner, my buddy I'm, I'm traveling with uh, at a grocery store is what I meant, uh, or my fellow consumers. Uh, I was the one – I was advocating just come across, hey, county and city, since you're responsible for the building codes and the occupancy licensing, why don't you just reduce the licensing by 20 percent, 50 percent, 80? I don't care. You don't have to close the business. Just say, we're going to reduce it, plus here's the other guidance. If you can't follow this guidance on social distancing, then you got to close or whatever. Then, Because then when it's inconsistent, if I'm the audience, intellectually I get confused. And then if I get confused, I now turn you off, and I don't listen to you anymore. And then i got to listen to you, Governor Cuomo, lecture me when I do watch you every once in a while that – I can't believe the people aren't listening to me. They're not listening to you because you've been insulting their intelligence. And it's not just Governor Cuomo. I, again, I like his his conferences and the president too. But even here in San Antonio, where Mayor Nuremberg and the county judge here in Texas, the county judge is the senior executive of our counties, treated that way. What I'm laughing about is the city of San Antonio, the seventh largest city in the United States, only constitutes about 50% of the county landmass we always think that they're the 800 pound gorilla the largest one but there's 24 other cities within the county of bear county and there's so much more of it that's unincorporated so that's where the county judge comes in number one i don't live in bear county Uh, i live unincorporated i live in a city i have my own jurisdictions with a couple of different differences uh different differences i love that uh but so the idea is i don't necessarily have to follow everything that the bear county judge says i don't have to follow what the city of san antonio says unless i go into the city of san antonio which i have to do because i'm surrounded by san antonio but that brings up another issue that i I learned from mark Levine. basically was reminding people that a 1932 supreme court ruling on the on the fcc on the the interstate commerce clause clearly ruled we all kind of learned that they can invoke it if something you're doing in a city or state is involved in city-state or interstate commerce and cross state lines. Guess what the Supreme Court says? You don't even have to cross state lines. You're engaging in an activity that is perceived to be part of interstate commerce, whether your product crosses the line or not. Now, again, I'm not advocating saying, saying what the ruling was, and we're living under that ruling right now, which means – Me in Hollywood Park can tell the city of San Antonio, not only am I not going to follow your rules for me in Hollywood Park, I'm really going to follow your rules if I'm engaging in interstate commerce to get out of my city to go to your city. Now, some lawyers may be complaining, whatever I'm telling you, that is the way which was news to me in this 1932 Supreme Court ruling, which is still in the
2: books anyway. So there's part of that, the
4: inconsistency and... and,
2: uh,
1: Well, what what about this situation, Bob, where, you know, we've got all these uh, small businesses that are now struggling to reopen uh, because of the well, I I will call it a overreaction. I don't know. But because of the demand that everything close all of a sudden the the uh, activity, the action by uh, state and federal government of, uh, you know, the news media and everybody else screaming that everything had to be shut down. Uh, to, to prevent the spread of the of the virus. Now, uh, how do you open up, and how long do you stay closed, and will it ever be safe? Will it ever be safe to go back out into the streets again? Um, I, I, well, I, I think it is now. It
4: depends on how you define safe, and for those of you that are listening. And again, back to your other point, remember when they were trying to close the economy down to prevent the spread, it's not really to prevent the spread. If you want to split hairs... It, it, and it is a legitimate concern, it was to prevent the rate of infection and hospitalization if it was going to
1: exceed availability of beds in hospital care. Yes, that's true. That's and true. Governor Cuomo would bring that out very well. Now, so the point is,
4: if you're trying to reduce the rate temporarily, I got it, I understand. But again, don't be stupid along the way. Why is there a difference? Now, again, if you want to see massive stupidity, you go up to Michigan and what that governor's been doing. But anyway, and not every, every yep. governor needs to do what they got to do. I get that. But there's some things that don't even pass the, the smell test. Here in Texas, they even went to the point where, wait a minute, I can go to a grocery store, but I can't go to a bar. What is the difference from a virus point of view? As long as I am, the premise is as long as I'm practicing social distancing, I can still stay ten feet away from you in a bar. Why can't I go to a bar? What is the underlying thing? Why are you closing a bar? Why now that we're opening, you won't let me open a bar? A bar is just like a restaurant, only most of the stuff is liquid. Jesus, get over it. Or a
1: patio. Be outside in the patio. Be outside in the. Uh... No
4: my local mayor here. I'm saying you should be all over this. Start suspending uh, the 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 uh, the zoning things that are are the not the zoning, but the parts that allow businesses to Put half of their tables out in the parking lot if they've got room. Put partitions around them—the new plexiglass partitions—because that's what it comes down to to a restaurant. It's the number of tables and throughput. If even if you reduce it to fifty percent, I may barely break even, and you're delaying the inevitable. Right. So if you so if you let me decide based on the criteria, I'll decide. And the, and what you're also seeing, and I think you've got some future guests coming up later, or you may have already had them that are business entrepreneurs that are deciding, hey, this is the way I now need to change. We don't need to change in the next 30 days. Let them divert out. We've got plenty of time to evolve and change business models three months from now, six months from now. Uh, I remember telling you, again, you're coming up on time, but I'll, I'll tell you, hey, I saw in the news, there was a gentleman who had like three or four restaurants, and he catered to boats, large boats that would come up at lakes in, 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 in Florida, I think it was, and they would, he would never think of carrying out. He said, I never thought about it. Now that they closed him down and he had to develop his carry out, 25% of his
1: business is coming from carry out. Right. In a very simplistic manner, wouldn't we be able to say that if life gives you uh, lemons, you you should learn how to make
4: lemonade? <laughs> Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it, and the one thing I would say, for the money that the federal government is, is, is putting in, injecting to keep the, the flow of, of currency to keep people above water, I do not classify that as a bailout. I got it. it. It's still money. It's a different thing. It's not like the business models are flawed. It's not like when we bailed out General Motors, they should have never bailed out all of these businesses back then the way they did. They should have let them go bankrupt and then used the existing laws on the books. That's the key. Don't reinvent new ways of bureaucracy. That's what uses a lot of the money. Heck, I could go off on another tangent on that one. Mark Cuban had a great idea, and we can talk about that some other show about how to deal. The better way to give this money out, uh, we could talk. We'll talk about that on another show. But uh,
1: you know, the, this situation with uh, with uh, you know just giving just giving some parameters to the to businesses and then you know letting them letting them be creative as to how they're going to uh, stay afloat. Uh, it seems like that would have been the best thing. We've only got about a minute to go. Uh, what are your final thoughts on this whole situation?
4: I got this. Greg Gutfeld is funny. I like Melissa than him or whatever. The funny thing is, he had a great idea. I don't know if it was tongue in cheek, but it would still work. His idea was right now, what the federal government should do is allow everyone for a year or longer to deduct from their personal income taxes the cost of going to a restaurant or eating out, period. Yes, you could have all sorts of laws and, and regulations, but what better way to provide the incentive? For the people to spend their money, not a federal government giving money, but by default, we all know it's, it's fun with money and accounting, but it's the way you do it is how a conservative would approach it as opposed to a liberal, and that is you make it tax-deductible, and again, you could have it for you know less than $200 or less than 10 people. You don't want businesses to have parties and rent out whole restaurants, but if you made it tax-deductible for the next year to sit for everything you spent on restaurants, you would have – it would be huge. You'd have people thriving to go to every single restaurant they could and spend their money because they know they're going to get a fraction of that money back in
1: tax. You got it, buddy. Bob, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us again today. Um, we've been talking with uh, former mayor and uh, former lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps, uh, Bob Sarter. Uh Thank you for taking time to be with us. Bob, we've got to get you back on because you've got, I mean, you're a wealth of knowledge, buddy. <laughs> Once again, my friends, uh, here in the closing segment, uh, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP nine thirty a.m. Thank you for being with our with us today. Um, uh, before we go, I wanted to um, to mention real quick uh, this outrageous situation that I came across regarding uh, the Toledo, Ohio, uh, police department uh, banning the tech the tactical vests for police officers. Now a tactical vest is uh, a lightweight vest worn over uh, the top of the uh, police officers chests and back. And uh, it's like a, like an armor, like an armor. And uh, apparently some people uh, in, uh, in Ohio, in Toledo have felt that it's uh, it looks too militaristic. And so they, therefore the police have to wear this new, this other type of, uh, of uh, protective gear, that actually is a lot heavier, and uh, it causes back, play, back problems for the officers. Incredible. So in other words, uh, they are sacrificing the uh, safety and health of the uh, police officer for the sake of uh, somebody's perception, somebody's insecurity. I, I find that outrageous, my friends. I find it absolutely Outrageous. We've got a couple of folks that are going to be on on the radio next week talking about this uh, very situation and uh, how the police officers are really, really getting uh, hurt uh, on the job. Uh, just because somebody is is worried about uh their fashion statement it's outrageous we've also uh going to be talking uh some more about this whole situation with what is happening at the border while we're so really busy uh, uh with with uh, paying attention to the covid uh uh pandemic uh, the 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 things that are going on at the border my friends uh the immigration uh, illegal immigration continues but also my friends also, we've got all sorts of contraband coming across. We've got this, this situation of this killer uh, hornet that suddenly showed up, uh, huge looking animal. I mean, it looks like something out of a out of a science fiction movie. And uh, I, you know, at what point are we going to start securing the border? And now, when we talk about securing the border, we're not talking just about illegal aliens. We're talking about all sorts of illegal things, uh, from from marijuana to uh, meth. Uh, there was a huge bust of marijuana down on the uh, uh, in, in the Nogales area the other day. I, you know, I thought that uh, marijuana was become had become legal uh, in the United States. And one of the reasons was for was uh, to uh, avoid the uh, contraband of marijuana still coming in. So what uh, what did we gain? I, what, what, what's going on? So anyway, thank you for listening in, my friends. I hope that uh, you will stay safe and I hope that you will join us for next week. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer.